love you. Welcome back, Couch Potatoes. I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh. And I am the Faceless Leon. I, I don't claim to be from anywhere, but this is a podcast <laughs> about movies and TV. Did you just spontaneously exist? Uh, as far as they know. You know? <laughs> dude, dude, the, uh, the, the UFO secrets have been released. Uh, America, United States put forth their... Oh, I do need to go read those. I mean, it's pointless. Basically, it comes down to of all of the instances, but one that we know about of UFOs, we have no explanation. <laughs> so, so we're good. We're good. I thought they would they would reveal that they you know they knew something about Gorsh and you know the, our home people, but well, apparently they, they they're don't, not yeah. ready for that. I guess. Maybe they- yeah, not enough people have noticed the podcast for the government to care about us yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We'll see if we get shut down. I'm well, done about VPN. the jokes, though. I mean, the, what's that? You got that VPN, though? What's, Did you protect yourself? What What does that stand for? You're supposed to protect yourself, remember? We we talked about this the last time we recorded. That you, oh, man. Oh, you mean my Vipna? You want me to get a Vipna? Now, faceless. <laughs> <laughs> the government is, is still actively looking for us, even if they haven't noticed us or like... Oh, well. Get the Vipna. Take me out to the living room. <laughs> Take me out to my chair. I don't remember the rest of the song. I didn't take the time to write this one. I'm winging the faceless pitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is, this is a, this episode's about a TV show. Uh, I guess that we is correct. talk about that. Yeah. But <clears throat> talking about strange things that, you know, actually happen in the world, we're talking about Lovecraft country. And, yes. Yeah. But I like to, when we talk about TV to talk about the other TV that I talk that I watch rather, <laughs> because otherwise <laughs> I don't get the other to talk TV about I talk it. about. <laughs> uh, so the first one, our first pitch, first uh, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin are up to bat. You know, both of them. They're just going to stand yeah. on the other side of the plate and uh, takes turns bunting out the perfect jokes until they hit a homer every every scene. So Grace and Frankie, that's I, I guess like- that's the pitch. It's freaking awesome. Um so we we also have Sam Watterson and Martin Sheen and they they're just all four of them together make a wonderful team mm. and so the plot of this story, Grace and Frankie being Jane and Lily they're kind of a, a in a fruple situation, but they're not. They don't really like each other. It's just because their husbands work together and are best friends. And anyhow, they decide the husbands to come out to their their wives of forty years that they are in a relationship together. So yeah, it 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 really you know destroys Grace and Frankie's world. Grace, because she feels like she's this high society person, and all of a sudden she's a part of this big scandal. And Lily, Frankie, that is, because she's really in love with her husband's soul, 
who play is played by Sam. And it's just, it's a really heartfelt comedy. Like sometimes you're kind of worried about where they're going with something, but then they'll bring it about to be like, oh, okay, that's actually a really healthy choice that they made. But sometimes they don't make healthy choices because that's drama. And But it's a great comedy and highly recommend it. I'd definitely take a swing at that. It definitely sounds interesting. I know you've, uh, I can't remember if, I don't think you've pitched it before, but I do believe you've mentioned it to me many times. Yeah, and it's six seasons long so far on Netflix. Uh, it, so it did take me a little bit of time to watch it. It's yeah, that sounds like it'd take me about maybe six years to watch that. So I'll try. Maybe someday. <laughs> someday. I mean, they're short. They're, it's a, you know, it's a sitcom time slot. So 30 minute episodes. Nice. Some of them might be a couple minutes longer than that because, you know, Netflix likes to take that liberty. And let them. I'm okay with them taking yeah, that I'm liberty. I'm totally good with that. I think that art should be what it is. And yeah. if that takes a certain amount of time, then it should take that amount of time. Well, it's like it's like with comic books. Like the the industry is so honed that it's just. I think they just changed the page number limit for DC Comics again to from like twenty one to thirty eight or something like that. But you know when you when you make every single story twenty one pages long, sometimes you can definitely tell that the author's like, all right, I came up with a story that was seventeen pages long. So we're just going to toss four pages in there where there's just a bunch of action and no dialogue just so we can throw in some meat and just get this out there. <laughs> yeah, it, I, 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 I like that Netflix has that floating time length because it's just sometimes the writers just they, they come up with something that's 38 minutes and it's like, I'm sorry, I can't trim this. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, there's nothing to trim here. And usually there isn't. I mean, they, they I, I think that they're – TV shows, typically, I think they're pretty good. There's obviously ones that just aren't made for me. Um, right. That they're, they don't quite hit the same. But the things that I get interested in, like the, the period dramas that they do, are pretty good. I, like, I, at the very least, I liked the, the Marco Polo series that only got two seasons, unfortunately. And there's other ones like that. But here, here's a curveball. Also a period piece. But this uh, docudrama called Age of the Samurai Battle for Japan. So let's put this in, in baseball terms because that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Best of luck. Best of luck. Yes. Lots of blood. Yes. No, I'm I said, sorry, I said best. Out. <laughs> I said best of luck. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So we'll say this. In medieval Japan, the country was kind of just was split up into all it was is a hundred years at least of civil war happened during the Middle Ages. And so we'll say that it was kind of like a baseball league where they had all these different daimyos, which we'll call baseball teams. Okay? Nice. Nice. And yeah, so the manager of the Odo clan. Let me pull up the cast list here so I, I actually have names in front of me. So, they switched the names around on me, I think. <laughs> because, okay, so in in the Japanese culture, the surname comes first. And I guess it's just been long enough for the, since I've watched the show that it's confusing me. Because they put, 
I think they put the 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 personal name before the surname, and so I'm I'm really confused. But anyhow, <laughs> uh, I believe it's Oda Nobunaga. He head of the Oda clan decides that he wants to take out some of the other teams. So basically he's expanding the franchise, right? And he he he, he starts really getting some steam uh, over uh, uh you know uh and he's got um, a huge team all of a sudden and then <laughs> there's betrayal and and, and fighting because, yeah. and some fighting well, there's a lot of fighting and there's gunpowder too so and, you know it's a different oh. it's a different game than than baseball really so <laughs> i i had said i had said end fighting like within within his oh, army yes. they're all fighting uh, together yeah there was uh one there was so he had a penchant of uh uh killing buddhists uh he didn't like oh. buddhists for some reason man uh and you know some of the people in his up higher ups like his generals and stuff were devout buddhists so eventually <laughs> they got tired of his cruelty and one of the guys assassinated him and Makes tried to take control what you do. but one another one of his guys and I, I gotta tell you man this threw me so hard that them switching the names around but hideyoshi tokotomi and i'm pretty sure i said that name wrong he comes uh he was a peasant and he rose to be one of the highest generals in nobunaga's ranks nice and he decides to come back around and kick out this other guy i was talking about and he because he he's the one who actually managed to reunite all of Japan. Oh, nice! But after he died, his son was a little bit young, and he named five regions, and they all you know end up fighting it out for right for what happens. But that is the game of Thrones, Age of the Samurai, Battle for Japan. Oh. So what do right. you think of that one? <laughs> it, was, it was real sloppy, I know. They're gonna love this. One. <laughs> oh man, I I like it. You know, that's kind of I love that kind of shit. That's um, I like history. I like period piece, like you said. Uh, it, it sounds like it would be interesting, but I don't know. I don't. How long is it? How many? How many episodes? Uh, there's six episodes. Six, and that's not bad. It's not bad. It's and but some of them are a little over an hour long. But yeah. there's you know it's it's narrated. You have historians. Uh, talking and then you also have dramatized scenes and the actors especially the one who plays oda nobunaga actually all three of the shoguns that they portray really do a great job i I mean i I definitely take a swing at it uh, a couple years ago i read uh i think you would like it but it's very long and kind of uh white romanticized novel but it's uh shogun by uh, James Clavell, and it's yeah, about I've a, actually a, been interested in though. I think you recommended it to me before. Yeah, it's it's really good uh, historical novel, and it's kind of like a romance where you know this white guy uh, and his hit his crew, their ship wrecks on you know a shogunate uh, Japan, and he kind of works his way into being an advisor with a guy who is. Uh, I think on his way to Shogun, like he wasn't a Shogun in the novel, but he's like, he's trying to become a Shogun. It might be right, like right before the Shogun era too. So like it might, you know, 
So it might be talking about these characters. Yeah, like I think some of that sounded definitely similar. I I think everything is fictionalized in the book, but it's all based off of the real the real world events. That's really interesting. Yeah, and he falls in love with you know a Japanese woman, of course, and you know there's there's some weird white savior like stuff, but. I really enjoyed the novel and I learned a lot from it. And so, yeah, I think I would give the that show a swing. It sounds interesting cool. enough for Let me. Let me ask you, th- this this character, this white character, is he Portuguese? Do you remember? Uh, I, I believe he was. I, I, I really can't because, remember. I know they play off sense. of the... I know, yeah, I know they play off of the religion aspect and the, uh, the racism among white sailors you know like I, right. if he was portuguese i remember he hated the other race that they're uh right, right. they were fighting at the time well not race but you know what i mean the other nationalities yeah i i can't remember who they were all against at the at the time but i know that all comes into play in the novel and it's yeah i i, I like history so yeah yeah I'm on board I, for that cool uh there is one detriment that i would say to this uh story and and I don't think that it's really at fault to the producers or any anyone else, but a lot of the historians uh, were white. There there were uh, a few uh, Japanese and uh, Eastern Asian people telling the story, but the majority of them were white historians. And you know that they can't help it that that's what they chose to to learn and to teach. However, I would have liked to seen more of this story told from the people who are of the culture, who then learned of the past of the culture. I, that's, I I would prefer to see that. I think a little bit more, but given the great performances by all the people in the dramatized scenes and everything, the production value, I think it was all great. I agree with you. I think that would be a better a, a better choice if they had made that choice to to go with Japanese historians. But I'll, I'll still give it a swing. I won't. Cool. I won't let it detract me. Cool. What's your last one? My last one is Marvel's Modok. So nice. uh, they they gave Modok a show, and who knew that would happen? Uh, apparently, Patton Oswalt did. And he <laughs> plays he plays Modok in this uh, robot chicken style uh, comic book story, uh, and it's really just all about family. So, Aww, nice. <clears throat> yes, we have so's fast and the furious. So's fast and the furious, just all about family. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Jody, his wife. Yes, I believe Jody's his wife and Melissa's his daughter. If I'm wrong, you know, the internet can hate me. I, I guess I don't care. We have Jody, <laughs> his son Lou, and his daughter Melissa. And Jody is a regularly proportioned human being. And his daughter <laughs> is is has the, the big head that Modoc is classically known for. If you don't know, Modoc sits in a floaty chair that supports his head, which is like it's like Humpty Dumpty, really. It's I mean, massive. He's got, yes, and he's massive. And he's and then his arms just they're just regular arms and legs that just dangle there. 
uh, <laughs> it, so his his daughter Melissa is the same way, and it's it's really just about their their dynamic and Jody realizing how selfish Modok is. He's still he's still trying. He's a supervillain. If I didn't stress that, he's still trying to. <laughs> Take over the world. Excuse me. He's trying to expand his franchise. That's right, not a right, baseball right. thing. <laughs> his team, AIM, they're not doing too well. So he decides to also sell ownership to to Grumble. So, But they're like, Grumble, Grumble lets them keep their name. Grumble's like a technology conglomerate kind of thing. Led by gotcha. uh, led by Austin Vanderslate, Vandersleet, excuse me, and it it's it's three three words, Vandersleet, huh. and it's all it's all great. I, I'm sure I can mention the the actors like Luz played by Ben Schwartz and um, nice Amy Garcia plays Jody and Melissa Fumero plays Melissa. Uh, so this, it, it's, it's really funny. I just realized that John Hamm was Iron Man <laughs> and yeah, there's a lot of stuff with like the Avengers, but it's, it's, it's mostly like jokes that they tell the people at AIM with MODOK and he's like, Hey, that's not funny. Uh, but MODOK mechanized organized organism, mechanized organism designed only for killing. That's what it supposedly stands for. But right. I, I'm pretty sure in the show the joke was it's mechanized organism designed for killing. Like they leave out the only, and it was really throwing me the whole time. I was like, that can't be what it stands for, you guys. <laughs> so I, I guess I have a question: Is it tied to the MCU, or is it standalone by itself? I'm pretty sure it's standalone by itself, huh. but it is very much like it's got a Rick and Morty feel with you know like super funny sci-fi shit going on but yet there's a f- just family drama going on uh nice and yeah so i i think i mentioned that Jody realizes Modoc is a selfish person but i don't think i mentioned that she decides that she wants to have uh, a divorce and and so really the, oh, the story is about Modoc trying to balance his the, this new family situation with his work situation and still take over the world. Jesus, that's heavy. But well, it's good. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely gonna swing at it. It's definitely a fastball right down the middle. Nice. But I don't know. The the uh, I've been back in the struggle bus in regards to watching television. I got right. through. I got through what we're about to talk about, Lovecraft Country, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna start the next one. And I looked at our schedule and realized we don't really have much of a spot for a TV talks in a while. And I'm like, it's all right. I don't need to. I don't need to watch television. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've got, I've got, I've gotten back to being bad at watching television. Where the the thought of doing it is like, yeah, I could put it off. I could, put, I, you know, and like nighttime rolls around. I have nothing else to do, and I'm like, I could watch television right now. Yeah. Or I could do this other thing, and then I just do the other thing. <laughs> hey, you know what though? I think that's. Okay. I mean, you know, I love I love TV. I know you love it too, somewhere deep down in your heart. But yeah. it it's okay 
to make just, the healthy choice to do something other than television. <laughs> but it's, it's not, yeah, it's not always a healthy choice. Sometimes it's just like, eh, I'm just going to watch YouTube and I'll just watch gotcha. like three hours of YouTube videos. And I'm just like, well, that was still a waste. But it, I mean, it just, it all boils down to like, I think I would be much better suited to watch television if I did have somebody in the apartment with me and it wasn't just me and Zelda. Because when it's me and Zelda, I just like, I don't know, I just, I don't want to set 40 minutes aside to watch something. And it's like, eh, I can just set 10 minutes aside and then take her outside if she wants to go out for a walk or something. Right, right. You get to move your legs and shit. I totally yeah. get that. I totally get that. And that's why the faceless pitch exists. Even if... I forget to write something for it, and it, it, it's like this. I don't think but they noticed at all. It was you smooth, don't think they noticed. Okay. smooth as butter. It was beautiful. Well all done. Right. Just like every single episode we've ever produced. Exactly. We're professionals. We're, we're on the fucking ball on this and moving along beautifully. And uh, if you want to support our journey to professionalism, Hell you yeah. can go to our Patreon page. Uh, do you have that? that yeah. uh, URL for them. I do. It's patreon.com slash green and faceless. And there you can check out our marvelous benefits like some merch, but mainly you get to vote for our monthly <laughs> potato pick episode where you, the That's couch correct. potatoes, your higher tiered couch potatoes, they get to recommend, but everyone who's a patron gets to vote this coming one. I don't think we even know what this coming one is. This episode no, I might think it's, be after. Yeah, I think I think there's a couple of weeks still until the next the next voting. But that that power, just like think about that power. Yeah, it's power. It, it's power over it, us. Yeah, it is. If, yeah. if 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 you have enough of that power to vote on or to create what we watch, just think about the garbage you can send our way. But even even if you don't want to give us that much power, if you just want to have a tiny bit of power and have that you know that ability to vote, you can still troll us. There can still be some bad choices in there. So just just think about that. Think about that beautiful. Not all of you are trolls right. either. Some of you are. Some of you want to you know vote from the benefit of yeah. your own self. You know, hear what we say about your loved movies. It's two dollars a month to have a vote. That's that is the yeah. bare minimum. And that's that's Not that's fifty all. cents a show. Do you if you think our show's worth fifty cents, you know, give us give us I, uh, give us a call. <laughs> that I mean, that sounds totally right to me. You know, give us fifty cents for our two cents. That's uh, right. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's put that on the t-shirt. There we um, go. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's move along to the main event, shall we? And and you know, another thing, if I may interject. If you're listening, you know, just give us a follow or subscribe. It really helps us, you know, find more people to listen to the show. Or better yet, rate us or review us on Apple uh, Podcasts. That'd be great. Indeed. We love you. Yeah, that'd be very beneficial. And we always love constructive criticism or feedback. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so let's move along to the main event, which is... Lovecraft Country, as we mentioned. Yeah, it took me probably two months to get through this one. It's not, in my opinion, a very good bingeable show because it it's kind of episodic. Like every single episode seems to be following its new a new 
sci-fi styled idea and that's but it great also still every episode matters to the to the yeah to the every every yeah. bit of it is a puzzle piece so uh, i i don't know yeah it, also though like the horror of it i think keeps it from being bingeable too like yeah it, and it's not just like the run-of-the-mill horror it's 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 also race horror you know racial yeah like it 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 does build that tension in your heart and soul a little bit uh right so that that might keep it from being a bingeable show but that by no means do i think is a detriment to the show i i think i think the show all around is pretty well rounded there's some rough edges actually but so that doesn't quite make sense together but uh (laughs) I think yeah, I, I really enjoyed the show as a whole. Is what I should say. Yeah, I I, I definitely enjoyed it too. Uh, it I don't know. It, it was hard for me, not and not just because of the obvious, uh, you know, the social aspects. Because again, mm. it's a period piece. It's set during the 1960s, right, no, or the 1950s. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the 50s. It's during the uh, Korean War. Okay, so the 50s around then. Yeah, and. And so I really like that because they, they they do that so well. There's a lot of uh, really really you know good set pieces and all of the tension of that time period is like really well displayed and focused on. And I love that, especially because it's named Lovecraft Country. It's based off of uh, ideas from H.P. Lovecraft, who was a, a racist author. And you know that's one of the hardest things about it is being a horror fan. I love H.P. Lovecraft stories, right? But those those aspects are really hard to get through at times, and I really like the idea of somebody taking that and repurposing it. You know, making right. those ideas mean more and focusing on them in a, a completely right. different light. And I really enjoyed there that are that aspect of this. Really powerful characters in this film. I, oh yeah, all the characters really. Are, I love them. I like yeah. they, they, some of them take a while to grow on you, particularly. Oh shit! Was the Montrose? He he does take a while to to really develop uh, the father character. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm like I'm really bad with the character names because I remember the main ones that I really touched upon, but I didn't I didn't touch upon his until like the last or two episodes probably right probably it last took three a really episodes. long time for him to be an enjoyable character i i liked the tension between him and the main character atticus uh his son tick played by jonathan majors a uh, fun fact about jonathan majors uh he is the actor cast as king the conqueror for marvel's oh, really? cinematic universe yeah yeah wow, so i'm really excited to see him yeah, and uh, we're we're currently watching Loki. Uh, that t that TV show is currently going on. So there there's some nice little King the Conqueror hints spread in that show that I'm like it's making me excited because I just watched Jonathan Majors in Lovecraft Country. So I'm like, oh man, he's really good in this he's show. Like he super is super good. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I, so I, phenomenal. The acting and the chemistry, all of it is is just super yeah. great. You you definitely get the feeling uh, that this community feels that each other are our family. So okay, I guess you know we, we never really talked about the plot yet. So it's kind of hard <laughs> because it's 
fucked up and twisted. It's based on a novel by Matt Ruff, which I immediately after finishing the show bought that novel. So it's it's on my it's on my to to read list, my bookshelf to read. But it, it, you know, I've heard I've heard there's some differing you know bits from the show, but everything is you know I don't know. I'm really excited to read that because I really like the show. But uh, yeah, it's it's it really is so hard to describe it. But it, it, it's mainly about Tick going across 1950s United States to find his father who has just like disappeared. I mean, he's disappeared in an area that I don't know. I think it's. It's not called Lovecraft Country, but it's like where Lovecraft based his yes. stories off of. Right. Or I'm not or he was there. I don't know. I, I don't exactly yeah. know why they nicknamed it Lovecraft Country. But yeah, I can't remember either. They, they are they are fans of the literature, though. Tick, his uncle and family, they they oh, love reading. Uncle George. Yeah. Uncle George oh. is the best. Uncle George comes and search for Montrose with uh, really. Tick. Uh, well, and, and Letty comes along too, right? Yeah. Uh, Letitia Lewis, played by Journey Smollett. She's awesome, by the way. I, I want to see her in way more stuff. Yeah, she was the Black Canary. and uh, Oh, she was? Okay. Yeah, the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey movie. I, yeah. I, I, I think they could have focused more on the Birds of Prey, like make the, the characters <laughs> right. better. Uh, but I did enjoy that movie. I don't, I don't, I just don't remember it, but I do remember seeing her in it, but I, her and this is, she is phenomenal in this. Like, I like Tick, but in my opinion, he's so overshadowed by Letty. Cause you I think so. I don't know. For me, I love, I love her story. I, I, I like everybody's story, but Letty is just like, I attach myself immediately to her. Like, yeah, like I want to see She's her. Awesome. Like, so I I don't know if it was her introductory scene or not, but she there's this scene very early on where she comes up on stage to sing with her sister Ruby Baptiste, played by Wanmi Mos- Mosaku, and she also I I'll say it brilliant. She's awesome, uh, especially with her plot that deals with Christina Braithwaite. That's I think Yo, that's all I'll yeah. say for that. That shit is awesome. <laughs> yeah great storytelling and, there and wildly disturbing uh yes. in regards uh, to special effects uh yeah. they do they do some they do some crazy special effects for her her specific uh bit of the story for this show and man it it, it is so like wonderfully explored like how they how they look into the idea behind what's going on because i don't want to spoil anything because yeah. i do recommend watching it but Every time you see that effect happen, it was so unnerving that it was so yeah. well done. But like so every good. time it happened, I was just immediately grossed out. Just like, right. oh my god, I'm gonna and, vomit. And, and because it's like, so like you mentioned earlier, these are episodic. So there's one episode that it's like almost exclusively about that. But right. because it's important to the plot, it just keeps on happening. So this effect is throughout <laughs> the show. It is very disturbing, but also, oh, so good. And there's some super satisfying moments with it. Oh, man. And it, yeah, it also seemed like the entire show's purpose was like, we have to outdo the last episode because it's right? just like, you know, the, the next episode was so much crazier in regards to sci-fi elements right. that it, it just kept getting weirder and weirder until you got to the I Am Hippolyta episode which oh was my, my – I think that was my favorite episode of the entire <gasps> uh, season. 
I really but, think so too. Either that one or the uh, the episode where Jamie Chung is the main character, the uh, in Korea. I think that one is yeah, really good too. Where they ex- yeah. Those are my well, favorite two for sure. That's the thing about this show is like you know you start off like episode one kind of starts off feeling like it's going to be mostly Tick and Uncle George. Right. And, you know, they, they seem like the bigger characters that are going to be focused on. But by the end, the women, like all of them have just so oh, much yeah. more powerful stories that are just so well developed that by the end, it really is just all about them. Like who fucking cares about Tick and Uncle George and the father? That la- The payoff for Montrose and Tick though, dude. That shit's good. It is really beautiful. and I mean, there is a lot about, uh, you're right, with Tick and the father, and I did definitely cry at a time for their story. Oh, yeah. But, I don't know. Letty, man. I'm all aboard her journey. Like, that yeah, was great. <laughs> it's all good. It's, and, you know, there. I think they could have done a little bit more with Ruby and Letty than they did. They kind of, like, they get, they have a falling out pretty early on. And their stories become very separate until the end. And yeah. and I felt like they could have done a little bit more between them because they're, they're half-sisters and that ha- has a lot of resentment built between them because mm-hmm. of that. And I just think that that could have been more interesting to delve into. I- right. And Letty's also not the most loyal of per- people. Like she, is, she does so many things that are kind of – just really right. rude to to Ruby, so it's just right. like you you see where Ruby's coming from with the with the resentment that you're talking right. about. Whereas right. with with Letty, you're always kind of like, "Come on, you can be better than that," like because yeah. <laughs> you know she can be. You know she can be. You've seen her in these these serious moments where she's been a much better person, and she's always trying to be right. a better person. But selfishness but, definitely is her her tragic flaw. Yeah, um, and it's great. Yeah, it plays out great. My main issue with the story is being somebody who just can't binge a show and how this show is, in my opinion, not really bingeable. It's it's so hard to remember what happened. I mean, they have a previously, you know, it's like it's right. it's it's produced by J.J. Abrams. Like it's it's bad. It's bad robot productions and uh, monkey Paul productions, which is Jordan Peele. So both nice. of them came together to produce this show. I didn't know that. I love it even more because of it. I mean, I it, right, it's, right. It's yeah. it's really yeah. really well backing, and uh, the showrunner to give her credit is Misha Green. An amazing job. She yeah. you know this really well laid out story. But my only issue is going back to it. You know, sometimes it would take three or four days. Like something would happen in one episode that would be very upsetting to me. And I would struggle to watch the next episode because, you know, right. a character died or whatever. Uh, spoiler alerts, characters die. Um, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> but, but, like, you know, that would happen and I would be like, I would be like, no, that was one of my favorite characters. What the fuck? And so I would wait for four days or so before watching the next episode. And when I would start it, I would watch the previously and be like, I'm not sure if I really remembered that. And so, and and like, (laughs) even, even thinking, even thinking back on it now, you know, it's been like probably two or three weeks since I finished it. And I remember what I liked. I remember how it makes me feel, which is really well motivated. I really, obviously I enjoy it, but there's so much of it that I just forget. And it's like, sure. Sure. So I watched it. I think there's what, 10 episodes, maybe 13. 
I, I think 10. I, I think it only took me a couple more days than the number of episodes, which I wouldn't call that binging because, you know, mm. it's that's yeah, people watch more than one episode of television. And I, I know I fucking do. Um, right. But I had that same feeling, though, as someone who regularly binges TV. I had that same feeling of, OK, I don't think I could watch another episode of that. But I right. think that that's so perfect for a show that's based in the same world uh, as Cthulhu. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, that shit should bother you. You shouldn't be able to be overexposed to it because it makes you insane. So I yeah. think for that reason, concept-wise, it super right. captured that anyways. That's totally fair. That's a good assessment. But like, I don't know. It's... It was horrifying and it was everything I wanted, but there was just – there was a hard drawback factor for me. It was hard for me sure. to come back. And the, the, there are talks of a second season. I'm all for that. Go me ahead too. and give them a second season. Uh, I'll definitely try to watch it, but it's that drawback factor. I don't know if I'm going to actually come back to the second season. I want to. It was definitely very interesting and if they if they continue to follow these characters, I'm totally on board for that. Well, I think why I agree with you while I was watching it, that was the case. But I think now that I've watched all of it, that I could go back and re-watch it much quicker than I watched it. Because That's fair. there are some small things that, yeah, I did forget by the end of the, the, the show that came into play. So I, I would like to go back and watch it because bad robot always leaving things for me to find <laughs> so i i do want to watch it again and i think i'll watch yeah. it faster because i know what happens it's just i don't know it's very hard for me because it's episodic it, it's it's very much similar to lost just to compare it to another bad robot show where you know lost wasn't episodic but the the flashbacks were right you know the flashbacks didn't always uh further the story they further the characters and you know they were kind of just like a the next week would be like oh now we're talking about jen oh we're, now we're talking about jack and here that's it's very so much the same way with lovecraft country where you know this episode we're going to talk about ruby we're going to talk about right. you know we're going to focus specifically on letty even though she's always focused on in every episode <laughs> this yeah. is going to be about her backstory today and while i love that I don't know, just that episodic nature of it. This one was more episodic than Lost, whereas, like, you know, Lost, that island experience, everything that's going on is so much constantly progressing. And it's the same with Lovecraft Country, but it progresses differently each episode. You know, it's not it's not always like a, a forward progression of the same story they've been telling. Sometimes they'll forward it in a different a different route i don't know how to yeah, talk about it's a different branch things. of the same story like yeah and at the end it makes one giant cthulhu symbol yeah <laughs> yeah 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 it does <laughs> and that's another that's honestly another negative was the last two episodes i just even though they are bombastic and very very fun i, I kind of just like zoned out for most of what happened oh, did you? i just kind of yeah, I kind of just got absorbed in the the chaos of it, and just let the let the the mayhem just play out, and was like, "Yay, that was so much fun!" And like, I remember, I remember the end result, like what specifically happens. I just don't remember, you know, the the filler fights and everything. I just, gotcha, <laughs> they just kind gotcha. of 
kind of all became like special effects. It did. There craziness. was a lot of mayhem at the end there. I, I did want to talk about one like mechanic that was used throughout the the series, and that what yeah. is the voice that not the voice the um the word of Adam. Is that it? The language of Adam. That's oh, what it's called. Yeah, yeah. And it, that's what everyone in the show uses to cast spells and stuff. So uh, I think to kind of jump into the plot again a little bit, like like we said earlier, it's kind of hard to talk about without giving stuff away. The Freeman family, uh, along with Letty and Ruby, discover that there is magic in the world. And just basically from having that knowledge they get drawn into the mayhem of the people who are trying to use magic to better themselves. I think that is a very basic synopsis. Of one of the subplots. <laughs> I really liked how dangerous the language of Adam was. And I, I'm sure that's a, a characteristic in the Lovecraft stories. I've never read them myself. but I've only read a few. The, the bad things that happen when people fuck up a spell, so good. Like, right. Yeah, there is some great moments with that shit. It's harder to talk more about it. I just wanted to mention it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the magic in this world is really well realized. That's one. Yes. It, that's always like one of the things that, you know, we always complain about when somebody tries to tackle magic or time travel is what are the fucking rules? You have to mm-hmm. explain the rules or at least have an understanding of the rules. You don't have to like specifically explain them. Right. But there has to be, you know, some logical, some logic to it. And yeah, they, they did a great job in this series because really the, the time, the time travel makes sense. The magic makes sense. Spoilers. There's time travel. Sorry. Um, right. I'll like say it, that what the the second to last episode, that time travel one was a little bit, but yeah. they, they get they give a pretty strong reason for it in the, that Hippolyta episode. That's what I'll say. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's also kind of it's it's more flimsy with the rules. Than, yeah, wibbly wobbly, than wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Yeah, it, but it's it's still really well done, and you can you can overlook some of the the you know the plot holes of it, but like it makes sense how they tell it, and I really enjoyed that because like again when you're going to handle time travel, it can immediately get confusing for people, right? And this show handled it in in just the right way, you know. It's like especially with their magic too. It's just like. They they explain everything pretty well. They show you the consequences with the the language of Adam, and at the same time they show you the power of that magic, right. and it's it's scary. Like that, it you is. know. Yeah. That's one. That's another thing that's great about this show is uh, I don't recall spoilers. I don't recall ever seeing Cthulhu, but this show doesn't need to show you those otherworldly beasts. To in, incite that fear because they 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 handle it through other they sure ways do. in the sure in the Lovecraft do. universe and oh spoiler there are some of those beasts oh there yeah. are some they did it yeah. without them and then they put them in anyways yeah but but honestly <laughs> the the one main beast that you see the most of kind of just felt like a demi gorgon rip off from Stranger Things yeah so whenever like. Whenever it showed up, I was kind of just like, hey, man, like this, this is your, yeah. your weakest it, it, element. It felt like a pretty low level Cthulhu car- uh, monster. 
So, okay, yeah. my experience with Cthulhu. Should we talk about this? No, <laughs> oh, no, yeah, go ahead. Carefully, uh, okay. might be listening. <laughs> so, we, um, we in freshman year, uh, met this guy who had a bunch of games and we liked playing games. It's really kind of how we got to know each other too. And yeah. at one point he decided to run an RPG in the Cthulhu world. And <laughs> oh man, were you ABC Smith that time? I think you were. Uh yes, either that or the uh he was named after a Poe novel or a yeah. Poe short story. Yeah, uh, I thought that was ABC Smith, but no, it was it was it was my doctor character. He was like doctor. Uh, he was like Albert Einstein, I think. But okay. he had like a very a very long name from okay. Edgar Allan Poe that I can't remember. Okay. Well, I I played this character named Jonathan De Niro. Metz. He met met who was met met. It was met met. Yeah. Met-met. Yeah. Yes. His name was uh, Doctor Metzingersting. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Metnet. And I was Jonathan De Niro, an archaeologist. <laughs> and there was, uh, we went into the basement and there was a, a knife floating around in the air. And I don't know, I this is the first time I had ever played an RPG, which if you don't know, we, we do a show called uh, The Adventures in Valagorn. Uh, yes based off it's fiction based off a campaign that we did years ago currently on hiatus but when it returns you better be there for it catch potatoes it'll be lovely hell yeah i just gotta i just gotta keep on writing that's that's the problem when you're producing shit you (laughs) stop writing shit and then you're like wait i ran out of shit to produce um (laughs) so as i was saying Jonathan De Niro tries to talk down this floating sword because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm thinking somebody's holding the sword. And our our game master thought that that was really dumb for some reason. And and yeah, he he wasn't very nice to us. I did not talk down the knife. I got attacked. And so when we came across the boss, my character did die. And what I wanted to say is because I didn't know what else to do, I came back as his brother, Robert De Niro. So, no relation. No relation. Yeah, that's that was a very funny RPG because uh, <laughs> you were trying to still maintain a friendship with that guy. I I was right. definitely by like immediately done with the dude, even though we were signed up to live with him <laughs> <the> next year. <laughs> oh, it was, it was oh. a weird, weird, weird time. College was, uh. But yeah, like I had like completely resigned to just trolling the fuck out of his campaign, and I don't know, like not to not to knock on him, but at that time he wasn't like the greatest of DMs, and I knew that I knew how to like survive all of his campaigns was just to not get involved with any of the fights, and he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't good at involving people in the fights either. Like you know he would right. he would totally focus on one character he was getting tired of and try to kill them, and which is not how you you run. Uh, yeah no no and like i would just i would just stay off to the side i was like a a wizard sorcerer doctor like dude and you know just stay in the background cast all the spells and live to fight (laughs) another day and eventually just retired the character because he was getting tired of him yeah Yeah. cthulhu that was i think that was actually my introduction to cthulhu too because i hadn't read uh i hadn't read lovecraft at the time i just liked stephen king and knew stephen king had read had read lovecraft since then, I've you know I've read some of the short stories 
I've enjoyed a lot of them. There are some like very cool, frightening descriptions, but for the most part, it's kind of just like dry 1920s language. And it's, it's still good, you know, but I'm really excited to read, read Matt Ruff's Lovecraft country because this show is great, man. Hell yeah. This, This show was very intriguing. I've always been intrigued by the, you know, the, the monsters and the lore of Cthulhu, but I just know that I would not would ha- really struggle reading the actual literature. I'll give it right. a shot sometime in my life. I, I you know, we're still young, and we, we really don't yeah. know how long my polymers last. So <laughs> we'll just have to see. Well, the, the the good thing is they're all like short stories too. Like okay. the, the you know Maybe at at that. the mountain of madness is only like. I don't, I don't want to give a specific page number, but they're, you know, typically around like 10 to 40 pages, like very short. It's oh, not bad. Maybe yeah. It's just, you know, just dry. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the descriptions are great though. I really do remember reading the descriptions of some of like the, the elder monsters and being like, fuck, like fuck. I really do want to, I want to recreate that when I write, but. So besides maybe South Park, this is probably my favorite interpretation of Lovecraft's shit. <laughs> and, and I guess I'm kind of blowing into closing statements, if that's okay. That is fine. That's totally fine. Okay. I think by what we're saying, this is definitely a full face show. I'm very tempted to give it a face and a half. Maybe I will. I'll give it a face and a half. And really, out of what I've been watching recently, I, I think this has been kind of really up there. I've really enjoyed this. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know about my wife, but I watched this also with my cousin. She was super confused by it. She <laughs> she was yeah, having is. the hardest time following along. So it is it is confusing, especially because they change the focus so heavily each episode. But I love yeah. that. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention was his uh, his cousin Diana Freeman, Apollos' daughter, daughter played by Jada Harris. The episode where she gets cursed—that's all I'll say—is great. There is some great horror in there uh i think some people i think some people would think it's kind of it might be questionable what they do but i think the way they used it uh because they definitely use i'll say like uh minstrel might not be the right word but they use some heavily characterized uh images uh to scare her right and i I think because they were using that image for horror that it really freaking worked and it it really was those sequences were terrifying yes like and when they when they start off i agree they it it, it starts off and you do think it's a little questionable at first right because when it when the when that when that scare begins I think it's it feels just a tiny bit humorous, and you're just right. like, "This is that interesting." I don't know, <laughs> but it's just like I don't. But it, but you're just like I don't know what's gonna go, what's gonna happen. You know, you're kind right. of thrown off guard, and as it goes on, it just gets under your skin, and it is oh so unnerving. Gosh. It's probably honestly for me was the scariest. Those were the scariest yeah. moments. I give it three stars. It's uh, it it's very enjoyable, and I do enjoy the scare behind it. You know, that's very horrifying, 
and the story is very interesting of all of the characters and especially the acting is amazing but yeah it's it's so hard to come back to like even though i do love everything about it the fact that it's episodic like that's just an immediate turn off for me like i don't know i like mm. i like even though it is it's also it's not episodic you know even though the, yeah, there the is a continuous yeah. storyline it's just i don't know i i need it to be fully continual focused i guess but I made it through it and I would definitely come back if they, well, I say definitely come back. I'll definitely try to come back if they do a second season. You'll watch but, the, the season premiere. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely uh, schedule it. Let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> Some of this yeah. stuff really scared me. I would say the only thing that really scared me was the that, that curse that we just talked about. That's the only oh, thing yeah. that really, really got under my skin in regards to horror. But uh, well, everything, I mean, el- everything else was just a good scare of the the of, of Ruby's stuff. Oh, that stuff yeah, that, got me too. But I don't think that stuff scared me. It just unnerved me. Right. right. That stuff was just gross to the point where I was just like, I I'm gonna vomit. Like it, it was it was it was it was terrifying, but it wasn't horrifying. The the that curse was horrifying. <laughs> like <laughs> think about that. Like I. I can't get I can't get those damn twins out of my head, man. <laughs> like, I know. They're, yeah, they're really scary. I, I I did have a nightmare about it after we watched that episode, but it, I did too. I have to say, like when that happens, you're. I'm happy. I, I'm happy because it it means that it actually was scary. They found yeah. something that actually could still scare this person who thought he was pretty dis- desensitized yeah. to the, these kind of things and that that f- definitely also i don't know how much how much involvement jordan peele had but that definitely felt like jordan peele horror right with right. the with that curse from start to finish really of that particular storyline yeah 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 and the fact that you know he and jj abrams as you said as since they were part of this it just makes it just a nice it's just a nicer detail on there because it's like i love both of them and the fact that they made this show and uh misha green as the showrunner is you know just a great job like again great story I, i definitely recommend it but it's not perfect in my opinion i give it you know as i said three stars right it's i think that's totally fair i think it yeah. is uh like there's a lot to love about it but there are some rough edges i think i said that earlier yeah so yeah i think that's our show i think you're correct man i've been the green traveler from gorsh and i have been the faceless leon safe shadows and good fright Ooh. green and faceless on the couch is a proud production of fiction works 19 if you like the show please show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, subscribe, wherever you might listen. We also now have a Patreon account. If you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. You can also find more information about us on our Facebook account or on the FictionWorks19 Instagram account. Thank you so much for listening.